Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are talking about a topic that I think Raiden and I both found very interesting, um, and it's all about franchising. Have you ever thought about how you get so many of these restaurants all over the country, or you get all of these service industries spread out all over? And really, the answer there is franchising. And you may be in a situation where uh, you have some free time, or you've been looking to start a business up and and maybe have gone down the thought process of, well, how does a franchise really work? Well, we have on the show today, Diane Ployce, who is an expert. She's a, a franchise consultant that knows all the ins and outs of how to do this, whether or not you should do it, and what direction you should go into. So that's what we're talking about on today's episode. Yeah. And the reason why we're doing this is because in our working with folks, uh, Merce and I have had many of our clients that either got downsized because the company downsized or they made a choice to go ahead and say, I want to walk away from this company. I don't want to do this anymore, but they're not really ready to retire yet. And they say, I don't know what else to do. And consulting works for some, but some are like, I just, I want to find a business that I can do something I can, you know, um, go out and just, you know, finish out the next maybe 15 or so years and, and give me something to do. And, and I tell you, this was eye opening to me as to an option that I think could really be for a lot of folks. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I just want to take, say this up front. Uh, when Diane is talking in the interview, uh, at the very end, she brings up how she gets paid. And I'm going to tell you now how it works. Uh, you don't have to pay her. In fact, wait to the end and she'll talk about the fact that it's free. And she she explained to us that the, the how that that is the case is that uh, the franchisee uh, pays her. Uh, and she goes out and scopes out all these franchises. And so I think that not having her is like a no, I mean, you, it's a no brainer to, to go out and get her. You just, she's a great uh, choice. And, and uh, I would strongly encourage you to listen and, and then check her out. By the way, before we get into the show, though, we have to do a quick disclosure and then we'll get started. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only, not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. Welcome everyone to our Monday podcast where we are our goal, Merce and I, is to bring to you benefit by having an expert uh, that we can interview. And today we have done that again. Uh, we have with us Diane Ployce and and her background, and, and I'm going to have her explain, uh, explain a little bit more about it, but why we wanted to reach out to her and have her come on is because this idea of, of doing something else other than the career you might've done for years and years and years is a topic that Merce and I run across quite a bit as we help people plan for and live throughout retirement. And so we're gonna ask her some questions on that. But first of all, let me just say this, thank you so much, Diane, for coming on and talking with us today. It's my pleasure, happy to talk about franchising and I appreciate the invitation. 
Good. So now you said it, and I'm going to set it up a little bit here. Basically, uh, it, what what our what we run into is we've got a couple of different scenarios. We've got individuals that maybe uh, without their choice were downsized. We've also got individuals because of their choice. They say, "I don't want to be in this stressful career that they, you know, everything has changed. I don't like the management. Maybe they got bought out, and they're saying, you know, I want to just get out of this world." And, but I'm not ready to retire. So we've got that one. Then we've also got the, the person who just wants something completely different. And it's really not about downsizing or anything like that. It's just, I want something different. And we've ran into all of those scenarios. Now you focus on franchising. So for, for, can you just kind of give us a little bit of background, I guess, how you got into this and really what your, your particular niche is that you work with? Sure. It was really by serendipity that I got into this. I had been in advertising and marketing previously. I have an MBA. 26 years ago, my husband and I moved to California on his job. I was the trailing spouse. I answered one newspaper ad, and it was for a marketing director for a franchise development company. The person who headed that up was recruited to become the president of a packaging and shipping franchise and brought me along as the marketing director. That was out of Denver. So for a couple of years, I commuted. And then unfortunately, they fell on some hard times and I was laid off, as sometimes happens with the candidates. I was extremely fortunate in that I was invited to join FranChoice, which is a consortium of independent franchise consultants with deep roots in franchising. That was 16 years ago, almost 17 years ago. And I have enjoyed it immensely. I like helping people find that next opportunity, that career, uh, listening to their goals and seeing if a franchise would indeed be a fit for them. Yeah, that, that's a great background, Diane. And thanks for sharing that. <clears throat> And so franchising, I mean, it is, it's something that is very interesting to me because uh, we visit franchises every single day, whether it's a fast food restaurant or a department store or shopping, whatever it is, it's very likely been franchised. Um, that's really one of the biggest ways that a company can grow. And so the idea of getting into it um, from one side can be nerve wracking, but from, from the other side could be very, very exciting. And I guess the first step someone has to make is make a decision on if they are interested in franchising, how do they even make a decision on what to franchise within? Is it, and, and it, I assume it can't be as simple as a statement of me saying, Hey, I love French fries. So let me go buy a McDonald's or go buy 10 McDonald's, right? There's gotta be way more to it to help that, that you, I assume bring to the table, helping someone make that decision as to what could be good, a, a good fit for them for a franchise. Yes, I focus on the person. What are their skills and what are their goals? What is their why? Why do they want to do a business? And a business is really a vehicle to get them somewhere. Is that financial security? Is that flexibility? Is that lifestyle? Is that generational growth? And depending upon what they want, their skills and their interests, then I will match companies to them. And the companies that I'll match, again, should be reflective of their interests. So just because a person likes French fries doesn't necessarily mean that they want a business that is uh, 24 7, 365. They may say, gee, I came out of corporate America 
and I would like a business with traditional hours, or I would like a white collar business or whatever the case is, or I want a business with high recurring revenue or with robust margins. So we'll talk about all of those types of things. We'll talk about their sales and marketing ability. We'll talk about their territory. So based on a number of different factors, I will come back to them with several options. Some they may be familiar with, some they may not be familiar with, and hopefully they will have an open and ready mind to look and learn about it and see if it indeed it would be a good match. Yeah, we were talking before we actually started recording and I, we told you about an experience where we had a client who really ended up getting into a franchise that just didn't work. And he, and, and I can't even remember all the reasons why he did what he did, but it kind of almost was just like, he kind of came across something, heard about that one thing that decided he would try it, ended up not liking it, ended up not being a great experience for him. So from what you're describing with your, with what you do now, do you, let's say that you do what you just said, you help us think through all these different steps, all these different things that were, you know, Hey, I hear some options and then I go and I look at those options and then what's the next step? What do you do at that point at, at, to help me kind of continue down that path? Cause to me, this is unknown territory. Sure. And that's where hopefully a franchise consultant can be very beneficial. So I am not simply introducing you to companies and, and saying, fly, little birdie, fly. I am hopefully taking you by the hand and having weekly calls with you so that you can understand what the next steps are. So franchise companies have a process that they will take you through. They will start with the broad overview of how they got started, the background, the founders, where they're planning on going. Then they'll talk about their advertising and marketing program. They'll talk about their IT platform. They'll talk about their training and support. They'll talk about things that differentiate. Once they cover all of those types of things, then you'll usually have a dedicated call where you'll go through the legal document with them. That's called the franchise disclosure document. After that, usually if you like the company and they like you, it's a two-way street. They will give you the green light to chat with their franchisees, with their franchise owners. And really you're asking questions about them and how they're running the business. Um, what kind of margins are they having? How long did it take to get started? Any and all questions are always fair game. After that, again, if the franchise company likes you, they will invite you to what's called a confirmation day or a discovery day, sometimes also called a meet the team day. It can be in person or virtual. You'll meet the whole team, finalize any questions, and then you'll make a yes or no decision. So sometimes people jump the gun, if you will, and they say, I want to buy this or I'm going to buy that. Really, when they do a franchise investigation, the goal is to do a good investigation. And the result of that could be that they buy a franchise or they don't. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. 
So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. Gotcha. So uh, there are clearly a few steps here that really is, it's really kind of due diligence on both sides because you have to be approved by the company to be a franchise owner. And then you also want to be, you know, happy with the investment that you're about to make into the company. So yeah, that, and this is kind of going to lead into the next question is, it seems like it's a big investment. And so let's talk about that for a little bit. I, I imagine that once you, once, and I know different companies have different valuation structures and everything like that, but there's got to be some type of standard as to, is there, I assume there's some type of buy-in and then maybe like an annual franchise fee. So, so just talk a little bit towards what, what someone, if someone's going to dive into this and they got the, you've been approved and they're ready to move forward, what do they have to be ready financially for? When they sign the franchise agreement, they will need to write out a check and that is for the franchise fee, which is a one-time fee. Franchise fees generally are in the 50 to $65,000 category. There are certainly some that are less and others that are six figures. But if you look at that mid-range point, that's a good starting point. And then from that, in that franchise disclosure document, they will detail all of the costs. For example, they will give a range of marketing and advertising spend for a minimum of the first three months. They'll include, for example, training, and that might be a flight, it might be hotel. So you'll look at that and say, oh, well, the franchise company happens to be close. I can drive there. So you can save a little money. Or you might say, oh, I, the franchise that is the best fit for me is across the country. So I know that I'm going to have this kind of a, of an airplane ticket for that cost. They will go through that. If we look at what we call a service-based business that can be run out of an office suite, something that could be mobile or possibly a home office, generally the total investment, and that would include the franchise fee and everything to get started for a minimum of three months that's probably going to be in that 75 to 150, $200,000 range. If we look at anything that is brick and mortar, total investment, again, including that one-time franchise fee is usually going to start at about 300,000 and go up from there. Franchise companies want you to have skin in the game. They will usually want you to come with about 30% of that investment to the table and be able to finance the balance. So usually when I am coaching and guiding a person through that investigation process and telling them what to expect and coaching them with questions to ask, ideally we'll look at how are they going to fund the business as well so that they can align that with when it comes time to make a decision. I would hate to ever have a candidate miss out on an opportunity because they didn't have their funding in order and someone else sees that it's a great opportunity and they have their funding done and they are awarded that franchise. Very good. So now, you know, with what, uh, with Merce and I, when we're with our, I don't know, with probably a lot of our listeners, I know with our clients, uh, the people we work with the most, um, a lot of them are, are professionals. They've, uh, you know, they have, they're very well educated. They have uh, made good money in their, in their work. Um, they've been good savers. So they have a capital to invest, 
but many of them have not been business owners. Uh, that's not what been their, their thing. Now we've had some that have transitioned from, from work into consulting. We've had that happen, but is there, when you, when you think about what it is that I have to have and what it is, I I'm talking here, mental <laughs> capacity, like, you know, what does it take to be a good franchise owner? Do I have to have already been a business owner in order to be a good franchise owner? You don't have to have been a business owner. One of the very nice things about franchising is you usually don't need industry experience. Most of the time they would prefer to teach you and teach you their way. So if we look at something like a hair salon business, they don't want you to be the stylist. They want you to be the business person that can run and manage that business. You may have heard the term that in franchising, you can work on the business and not necessarily in the business. So if you look at purchasing a hair salon, you would not get your cosmetology license, uh, but you would be hiring, recruiting the stylist. You would be marketing, could be involved in the community. And usually a business like that, you'll grow and scale. So you might start with one and then grow it to uh, two or three within two or three years. You might grow it to 10. If you're an empire builder, you might have a hundred. So it's totally different than a job mentality. You're thinking as a business owner, what are those transferable skills? Do you have management experience? Are you good with people? How about customer service? Are you familiar with financials? Do you enjoy those types of things? And are you coachable? Do you have that ready and willing and open mind to learn and, and to be that great business owner and have control for yourself and somewhat put your personal stamp on things and say, I had guidance and support, but I also did this. I brought a lot to the table. Yeah. And so, um, so for that person that is coachable, but really has, has no, no, no self-employment, um, history or experience. So someone that maybe came out of an, a professional role at a tech company or whatever it is, and they wanted to go into this franchise, um, concept. Um, there's a lot of things that you mentioned. So go with the, the hair salon. The first, first part of it is I guess, finding the location where to put that. And then also then filling it with people that can cut hair. And then also on top of that, there's marketing, and you've got this person that is coachable and could probably figure it out. But what type of support is the franchise providing someone that really has no idea how to hire a salon or a, a hairstylist or no idea how to, in the world of marketing that we're in right now, to have an effective marketing plan? Sure. That's where the franchise companies really shine. They will, in the discovery process, they will share all of that information with you. And you look at some of these companies that have done it over and over again. The beauty is they have fine-tuned it and honed it. So you're coming in and they're saying, this is our program. And they expect that you're going to not have any familiarity. So they're going to take you from step one and walk you through that. And when you look at a franchise company, you're looking at how robust their training and support program is. Um, that's one of the things, one of the benefits and, and one of the things that you get when you buy a franchise. Would you say that the, the support and the training program would kind of align as to with what your initial investment is going to be? 
I would not make that association necessarily. I don't believe that just because you invest more in a franchise that their training or support might be better. I believe that good franchise companies, high road franchise companies have exceptional training and support. That's what they're known for. That's what they take pride in. They want to get that new business owner up and operative as soon as possible. They know that happy franchisees are successful and they will bring in more happy franchisees. So they want to do everything possible to make that new owner successful in a reasonable amount of time. Just like there's no direct correlation between what you invest and what you make, nor is there a direct correlation between your educational level and what you can achieve. So for the person that maybe uh, has only a GED, but they have that fire in the belly and they say, give me that toolbox, let me go, I can execute, I'm great with people, they can build a thriving business. The opportunity is there. So as I sit here and listen about this, you know, um, you know I, I've, I'm a business owner. Uh, Mercer is a partner with me. And uh, so we understand the concept of running a business and, you know, and we understand the, 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 the need to have good um, um, support in a lot of different ways in order to have that. So as I listened to you, honestly, I had really never even thought about the idea of a franchise as for somebody to do that maybe as that second career or that in, you know, that thing that's a little different than what they've done for all the what, 20, 30 years. So now I do also remember though, when I would travel, there used to be, and it might still be there, is a, it was a magazine that would have all these different uh, franchises in it. And I would had seen that before and I'd flip through and see all these different franchises. And I would think to myself, well, how in the world would you even know what to do? And, and how would you even know what, what, you know, what, what is a good franchise or not a good franchise? So it sounds like just listening to you that you've obviously got a tremendous amount of knowledge and, and benefit here, but what would you say sets you apart from maybe other, or maybe the, the, the general of what somebody might get when they either a try to do it on their own or B try to get another franchise consultant. Well, sometimes when people try to do it on their own, they unfortunately don't get very far. They hit a little submit button online that says I'm interested. And if the franchise company has territory available or if they meet the minimum financial requirements, they may hear from them or they may not. Many times I have people call me and they say, help, I tried to get information online and no one responded. It's someone like someone like the resume that goes into the black hole. They're saying, I would like to learn more and no one is responding. Or they click for some information and they get deluged with info from all other companies that they have zero interest in. So there's only so much info you can gain online. Really, you need to be either working with someone like me or talking directly with a franchise company to get the, that information, the detail that you need. And it's not like buying a stock that you might advise. Again, you're looking at the culture and the fit. You want to make sure that the management team has your best interests and that they're forward looking and they will continue to be ahead of that curve. Not every franchise company, unfortunately, is good. And, and sometimes we use the term franchise infatuation when the person 
loves the French fries and that's why they want to buy the business. I don't think that's really a lasting good decision. Um, I also work with some of those reluctant entrepreneurs that don't know the franchising world. They don't know the business world. So the nice thing about doing a franchise investigation is they can somewhat try that on when they're talking to other franchise owners. Are they like them? Do they have a similar background? Can they assimilate with them? And if they can, that's a very good sign. And if they can't, well, maybe they shouldn't be a business owner. And, And sometimes I talk with people and really three things can happen. They can move forward with the franchise. They can tell me, no, this isn't right. Or I will politely tell them, I don't think it's a good fit. So those are, those are the scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, as, as financial advisors and, and we work in the world of investments, a big part of what we do uh, is we have to manage expectations as far as, you know, maybe we had a really good year and out, outstanding and above average type of year. And we don't want clients to expect while we, while we know we are good at what we do, they're going to get that year every single year. And so managing, managing expectations is really important. And I imagine as a franchise consultant, it's very important on your end as well, as far as, you know, making sure the person that's going into this deal knows that it's going to take some time maybe before you become profitable and what type of expectation should that be? So how do you do that? And then also the second part of this is for, for the listeners out there to get real to them, you know, what's their, if they went down this franchise road, what does their typical day kind of look like? Sure. So you had two questions in there and, and let me go back to the first question again and help me remind me of that first question again. Yeah, really. How do you manage their expectations okay. when they're diving into this idea, um, really from a, a, a profitability perspective, I guess? Sure. Again, they will hear from the franchise company certain expectations of what it will take. So the franchise company can share information as long as it is in, the legal, in their legal document, their franchise disclosure document. But when you call up a franchisee, you can ask them and say, hey, Bob, how long did it take you to hit break even? And what are you doing now? And and again, I I coach and help them so that they're building rapport with that person first. It's similar to, let's say, a job interview. You don't go to a job interview and just say, well, how much do you pay? What's the the salary here? You talk about what you can bring. So likewise, when I coach and work with the candidates, I am helping them um, ask these questions in a way so that they can get the information they need. And they're going to have a range of expectations. But as they talk with people, they might say, you know, I really connected with David or with Mary, and they're one of their rock star franchisees. And what they're doing I would feel comfortable doing it's it's nothing out of the ordinary if they connect with Sam who is struggling maybe that's not such a good fit then or maybe they shouldn't be a business owner so they will sometimes look at things or I've also heard them say gee I talked with Sarah and you know Sarah is doing this and I think I could run it much better I see opportunity here I see opportunity there So they will start to get a feel. What they won't know is what is their work ethic and what are they bringing to the table? 
if they've been successful before, I like to think that a, a tiger doesn't change its stripes and they will continue with that good work ethic in their business and, and not uh, sit on the couch and eat bonbons or watch daytime TV. Gotcha. Yeah, that's great. And then, so what does the typical day look for a franchise owner? It certainly will depend upon the franchise. And in some companies, the franchisee might be the artisan. So they could be performing the services. In other franchises, they will be managing the employees. They could be involved in the community. They could be planning their advertising or marketing. Um, again, we talk about what we call a day in the life. So they will first hear what that day in the life is from that franchise company, and they'll be able to verify that with the franchisee. That's good. Now I've got one final question before we uh, conclude here and go into how people can get in touch with you. Um, if you had to describe right now out of the world of franchising, because it's been around for a long time, uh, why would you say that it's a good option for people to consider franchising today, 2021? It's an excellent option because money is cheap. Since this is a financial show, you probably see that and it is readily available. There is pent up demand, but maybe more importantly, the world and the landscape has changed. People have started working from home and they've realized I have additional options and choices. So they might say, I no longer want to work for another company. I would like my hard work and effort to benefit me and my family rather than shareholders somewhere. So people have those choices that they can now make and probably feel much more comfortable with. Also, I believe communities like to support local business owners. Um, and I think that will continue. Yeah, I agree there. Um, Diane, thank you so much for hopping on today and having a conversation with us. Clearly, you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to franchising and and helping people figure out whether or not it's a good option for them and also which direction to go in. Um, so if someone's listening to this and they say, you know, this seems like this could be something that I'd like to look into, uh, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? They can reach out to me several different ways. My website is dianeploice.com. You can find me on LinkedIn under Diane Ploice, the franchise fitter. Since my last name is A, difficult to pronounce and B, difficult to spell, I will spell it. It is P as in Peter, L-E-U-S-S. -S, or you can simply go to quickchatwithdiane.com and book a short call with me. Very nice. My well, services we'll are also free and I work nationwide. Great. So we will... Uh... Make sure we have all that information on our website as well as on the show notes. And we would just like to say thank you so much for all of your uh, time and your knowledge that you've shared with us today. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. If you have any follow-up questions, be happy to answer them and, and be a resource. That's what I try to be is be that trusted resource for the people I work with. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. 
just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.